Welcome to the Stacking Slabs podcast. Join Brett to get the latest sports cards investment advice, hear from industry experts that are deep in the trenches, and find out when to turn left when the rest of the market is going right. Get eBay ready, get PayPal ready. Let's be students of the game and stack those slabs. What is up? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs, your hobby content alternative. I'm your host, Brett McGrath. How are you doing? Hopefully you're getting ready for the Christmas season. Christmas is just around the corner. And I got to be honest, this week especially, I took a step back. I took a step back to think about Christmas past, live in that nostalgia for a little bit. Think about all the cards, video games, and jerseys that I received, um, some of the gifts given um, in my adolescence. And I was just, I needed a little kick in the butt. I needed to feel the momentum. I needed to feel the vibes. The Christmas movies that we're putting on are good, but they just weren't doing enough. So I dug deep into my brain and tried to think about those moments. And I'll tell you what, don't discount those moments. Those moments matter. And I'll also say the more I dug into those, I went down some rabbit holes looking at cards um, that I got back in the day and thought about if there were opportunities to direct or redirect some of my collecting activity. So I just want to leave you with that at the top. Don't discount nostalgia. Don't discount those moments. And Christmas is that pinnacle. It's that peak. It's that mountaintop moment we had as our youth. So think about those memories and some of the cards that you got there. It might be a good launching off point for you as we enter the brand new year. I got a lot of ground to cover, but just from the top, I want to send my condolences out to Demarius Thomas and Demarius Thomas's family. I woke up, got the news just like everyone else, and that one hit me uh, hard. And I think it hit me hard um, because my last memories of Demarius Thomas was him being a highly productive uh, young receiver in the NFL. Um, Then I saw his age, 33, and really it was a reminder to me that to you got to really embrace this mindset of living every day like it's your last and living life to the fullest. And I know some of that stuff might be a little cliche, but when you see a story like that of a super athlete that passes early, it really puts things into perspective. And I think Demarius Thomas, um, I have an interesting connection with him when, you know, Peyton moved over, moved over to Denver. It was hard for me to watch at first, just because just to see him in a different Jersey, but watching the games or watching the highlights and seeing the connection that Peyton had made with Demarius Thomas early, um, really hit me. And it, and it hit me in a way that I wasn't expecting while I was watching it in real time. It reminded me of a Peyton and Reggie Wayne relationship. And that duo was highly productive. Obviously, there was a championship in Denver that came out of it. And I think just that's what I thought of when I thought of Demarius Thomas is just that Peyton and working with a young receiver to get him to be an elite receiver and Obviously, to the credit of Demarius Thomas, someone had to catch those balls and someone had to make those plays, and he made a lot of them in Denver. So rest in peace, Demarius Thomas, just putting everything to perspective. Hopefully, when you get terrible news like that, you can really kind of self-reflect and think about your life and think about what are the things that I'm doing today that I don't like or what are some of the things that I'm doing today that I want to double down on. At least like when I get news stories like that, that are really sad about someone's passing, it really puts things into perspective for me. Tough to transition out from something like that, but I think I'm sitting here, I'm recording this now. It's noon on Sunday, 
in an hour, there's going to be an NFL slate. We are getting down to the wire here where every little game matters. Um, the there's so It's very polarizing just looking at the AFC. Um, there are so many teams that could jump positions, even like the Colts, right? They're, they're on bye. I'm on a bye week, which is interesting. I, I know the players watching Hard Knocks appreciate the bye week, especially this late, um, heal up some of those injuries. Um, but as a fan, it's always tough. But I will say this, it's okay, I'm cool, I can wait, because on the other side of this, a few days after this drops, I will be heading into Lucas Oil on a Saturday night delight to see the Indianapolis Colts versus the New England Patriots in an absolute monster of a game, Um, biggest game of the year for the Colts. Obviously, there's a history there with the dreaded New England Patriots. Shout out all you Patriots listeners. You've put me through enough misery. Um, hopefully the Colts can get ready. A damn good Colts team that is, seems to be blooming late. Um, it should be a fun game. I'm excited to step in to that building on a Saturday night. The crowd is going to be rocking. I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. Hopefully your team, if it's not the Patriots, is out there um, getting in a position to try to make the playoffs and win some games. And if it's not, There's always next season. Remember that I have been watching a ton of basketball too, which is fun. And oddly enough, as I record this and it, it probably will end because uh, I think on on Monday night, the Pacers have uh, the Warriors, which I don't know if Steph's going to play or not. There was some talk about Steph waiting to play in the garden or holding him out against the Pacers to play in the garden uh, to maybe break the record there. I don't really understand the venue mindset and thought process, whatever. It's a spectacle, I guess, but Paces on a little win streak, which is nice. It's been a rough season. I will take it. I think we're hitting that turn in the NBA where everyone's kind of getting into the groove. I'm actually going to be talking a little bit about basketball cards in this episode. How about that? I know there's some loyal basketball card listeners who give me feedback all the time. Not necessarily like, I need more basketball cards, because I think people who listen to the show understand that it's not necessarily just about the cards. But hopefully I'll be sharing some Uh, love to the basketball card community because I know you are powerful and important. And before we dive into the full agenda, I also want to say is like, I'm going to be closing with a, a, a topic that is near and dear to my heart. And that is accountability. I think accountability was on full force this week in the hobby. And that's just something I think is important as a reminder to think about our reputation and holding ourselves and other people accountable. So we're going to get into that, but let's dive into this. I was thinking a lot about my own collecting, thinking a lot about the people that I interact with on a regular basis, and just this mindset of obsessing and buying these cards and spending this money and investing in these pieces of cardboard that mean something of significance. And as I was like digging out of this and thinking about it, I was just like, you know what? Like these like collectors are certainly a different freaking breed, a different breed of human beings that I think a lot of people on the outside looking in don't quite understand. And that's okay because we understand it. It makes us feel something. And we also think about the money spent and we don't think about it as money lost. We think about it as money that could grow over time, which I think is awesome. Um, I was talking with my wife this week and we were talking about just like, you know, her transition back to work the cost of daycare, all of this stuff. And, you know, when you have a child, life 
dramatically changes. All you parents out there know that and you're readjusting, you're thinking about your budget, you're thinking about money in, money out and all this. And I proudly said, we're in a good spot. We're fine. We're going to make this work. We just need to figure out how we do certain things. But I also said, I don't want to have to do this, but I want you to know if push did come to shove in some situation with some bill or some other thing that we needed some money and we didn't want to take it out of our savings, I have a whole bunch of cards upstairs that are appreciating in value over time. And it hasn't always been that way. It took me a while to get on that track of buying cards that I love and also cards that will gain value over time. That, if we got in a jam, I could sell a card or two. I did say, I don't want to have to do that now because I'm playing the long game with my cards. But it's good to know that I'm not wasting my money on clothes. I'm not wasting my money on a bunch of other stuff. I'm putting my money in sports cards because you know what? I love sports cards as a financial vehicle that could help if I did get in that position where we did need some. So I put this out there this week. I said, collectors with conviction, don't let short-term trends influence long-term plans. Diamond hands help drive discipline. Stash it in the safe, put it in a safety deposit box, file it away in the PC. A visit with the card provides assurance. It's long game love. I think when I put that out there, it was really communication was aimed at a specific segment of the hobby. It's not everyone that I think listens to the show, but I think it's a large portion. Um, it's for the individual collector that's in it so deep that you buy out of passion, but you also have conviction around profit, okay? Now, it, what doesn't make sense, I don't think, is getting on eBay, going to one of your safe searches, and a card just looks cool, and it doesn't fall into a lane, and you click it because... It just looks cool and then you buy it. And usually when you do those sorts of things, you regret it. At least that's been it for me. So what I have understood is when I've identified a process around my collecting, it's really helped. So just digging in a little bit to that, I think let's talk a little bit about the psychology behind these buys. And I think let's think about some of the most important cards in your collection. So take a minute, think about the most important card or cards that you have bought that when I say your PC, those cards stand out. Chances are that some of your most expensive cards are those cards. Now think about the sacrifice you made to get these. Chances are this was selling other cards that you love in order to level up and get this card. Maybe it wasn't selling cards, but saving multiple paychecks to get where you need to be to purchase those cards. There's a level of sacrifice that we make financially when we make these purchases of significant cards that are expensive that I don't think we should discount or just gloss over or just move on to the next one, okay? We need to recognize that and we need to recognize that and give ourselves a little bit of credit because that is important. And the more you do that and see a card that you bought a year, two years ago, double, triple, that is fun. And that is something that is long game mindset. I think there is a connection far beyond the money, right? Anyone listening to the show wants their cards to go up in value, but it's way more than just about the money. Because if it was just about the money, then we chance, I think personally, I think I would just be pissing money away because I'd be, my, my activity would be directed at the wrong thing. I think 
these are cards that you've been chasing for years. These are cards, like I mentioned at the top, that tie back to specific memories. Now, think about that card, okay? If someone came up to you and uh, that card that I, I, I asked you to think about at the top, if someone came up to you and offered double for what you paid for, what would you do? What would you do? If you would take the, the money, the double of whatever you paid, chances are that's probably not the card I'm talking about. And I'm not saying don't go take profit, okay? You should always take profit. But those cards, we believe we want to keep because we've seen the growth and we believe in continued growth. And it's not overnight growth. It's not growth that's going to happen with a flip of the switch, but it's just incremental gains over a long period of time and having possession and having ownership and the utilitary value of having that card in our PC means a lot. So we don't we have the diamond hands. We don't want to give it up because we believe in the long game. I think the long game is very special, okay? The long game needs to be talked about more in the hobby. It teaches us appreciation, it teaches us patience, and it teaches us discipline. All of these things are key ingredients to becoming a successful long-term participant in this hobby. I think long game players are rewarded in the are the individuals that make this hobby move. Think about if you're playing the long game or not. It's okay if you aren't. Not everyone needs to be a long game player, but there because there's so many different ways to hobby. But remember this: there's always time to jump in and do that if you're not enjoying what you're doing. I'm going to talk about basketball cards. Does that sound good? You guys want to hear a little bit about basketball cards? The reason why I want to talk about basketball cards right now is because I observed something happening on the internet, in the social communities, the IG, the Twitter, the, all those things that I thought was pretty cool. And I thought it was pretty cool because you we had a release of a new product, which is Panini 1 and 1. And there was an outpouring of people getting excited, people making purchases, people fired up, people sharing. And I want to talk about this because it reminded me of something that happened happened on the wrestling side a couple months ago, a month or so ago, and I want to draw some parallels between the two. So first of all, if you're not familiar, Panini one-on-one, here's a little, some, some uh, specs on the product, 180 cards, serial number to 99. There are parallel cards. There's a blue out of 30, purple out of 25, red out of 15, gold out of 10, green out of five, black one-on-one. There's base, there's rookies, legends, signatures, jersey autos, rookie autos. And there's those damn timeless moments. There's the downtown, okay? There's the downtown if if you're inclined for that. These timeless moments are amazing. So like I saw, I think in my feed, a Paul Pierce timeless moment. And I think it was from the series in 2010, game, game three against the Heat. And I remember watching that on TV. I remember that moment. I remember that shot. And the way that it, it's captured on the card stood out to me. I saw these cards. I saw all the excitement. I saw everything that was happening with this new product. And it kind of caused me to take a step back and reflect on why is this happening? Like, what is it about this set? I think this happened recently with the 2021 Topps Transcendent products in WWE. and there was an outpouring similar to this where new product dropped, 
people are out there just trying to pick these things off, pick these things off. And people sharing, people fired up. I was a part of that. And I noticed the same thing happening over with Panini 101. So what, what, what are the reasons behind this? Why did this happen? So number one with a bullet, and this is very important, is that aesthetics and imagery on sports cards really freaking matter. Now, if I look at the transcendent and I look at the one-on-one, they are beautiful cards. They're beautiful photography. Um, they capture the athletes. They capture moments that really matter. And I think another thing that stood out to me is that sets that are built around parallels and players that people collect really go far. And I think collectors are getting more sophisticated than ever. They're not all playing the short-term game. And the short-term game is more the rookie pool, right? I'm going to get into these cards. I'm going to buy these rookies. I'm going to flip them and make these money. Yeah, that works. That's always going to happen. Rookie cards matter. Rookie cards make the hobby go around, okay? We know this. But I think when you have sets that are centered around star athletes that are of players that people play or collect, that's when you start to get some momentum. The rookies are there, but they're not necessarily the feature. The feature are these moments, these timeless moments, and these players. People who collect Luca have to get the Luca timeless moments or want to get it. People who collect Paul Pierce have to get that moment. And I think that really matters. And I think there's groundswell. And when you see groundswell around these sets, other people want to get involved. And people are saying... Like, I'm getting caught up in this. And I want to say, it's 100% okay to get caught up in this. I think, uh, I wish I would have put it up as I hit record, but uh, Chris from Card Ladder put something up that said something about being irrational and how being irrational is okay in the hobby. And being irrational is like really freaking great in the hobby. And I think the more irrational we can be when new product drops, we get these cards. It's a tip of the cap to products and saying, we like these products, like make more of these. And I know like this, there's tides are turning over in the industry and Panini's losing the license and all this stuff. But I think those are the things that just stand out to me. I think seeing people who all want to be a part of it shows something that is really and truly collectible. And some people will say, oh, you're buying these cards right when they drop, you're buying them at the highs, blah, blah, blah. Well, the fact of the matter is, is if you're buying these cards, you don't care what other people think because your conviction is so strong that you want those cards in your PC. So that stood out to me this week with Panini one-on-one. I love it when I observe sets and it's just not people breaking them and people trying to win these rookie cards that aren't going to mean shit in three or four years. But truly when people are trying to get these cards to put into their player PCs, that's what rules. And I saw that on full display this week. And I want to congratulate everyone for getting the cards that you want. And for those that are chasing, good luck. I want to say thank you to Sam, Woman of the Hobby. That was a great conversation. Got so much great feedback. She is killing it. Killing it. And I love what she's doing for content. It has a purpose. It has a mission. So go make sure you follow at Sam's underscore stuff 25 and definitely hit subscribe on the Women of the Hobby YouTube channel. Also, if you're not already, hit the subscribe button for this podcast. You can listen to Stacking Slabs on demand. Make sure you do that. 
but follow me across social, okay? Most importantly, follow me on Instagram. I do appreciate that. I am I am trying to hit that 10K mark, getting close. So if you're not already, hit that follow button on Instagram. That is a sign of saying, just saying that's a, that's a sign of appreciation. And that's what I'll take it. If you hit follow on Instagram, go ahead and follow me on Twitter there too. I talk mostly wrestling cards on Twitter, but you know the drill. Follow me. Let's communicate, slide in the DMs. I appreciate everyone who's listening. I want to say I'm fired freaking up for this Friday. I got my man, Brad B Sports on Instagram, who runs the Ship Shawana show. Have him on Ship Shawana, Indiana. Shout freaking out. Um, and he just posted, I saw this. I'm going to plug it here for him. And we're going to talk about it probably in our conversation. But the Ship Shawana Card Fest is on March 26th at, from 9 to 3 at the Farmstead in Expo Barn, in Shipshawana, Indiana. Mark that on your calendar. This is a show that a lot of people have shouted out to me as I need to get there, especially because I'm in Indiana. Hopefully that's at a time period where I can get away for a little bit. I'd love to go to that show. I know I've seen Ryan, Card Collector 2, plug that. A lot of people really have a good time at the show. And I know they're doing a trade night the night before. So we're going to have Brad. We're going to talk about building shows, putting on that show, why he does it, what he's trying to do with the show and where it's to come. And I'm excited. And anytime I can bring another fellow Colts fan on the program, talk a little football, talk a little Colts, you know I'm going to do that. I got some mail days this week. Let's talk mail, okay? So one of the pieces I put out there on my IG feed in a card that I absolutely love when I got it back in hand was I landed a 2000 Finest Gold Peyton Manning Refractor PSA 9 out of 300. This card is gorgeous. I love the shine. I put on my IG the significance of the 2000 season and what happened with the Colts. Um, Peyton's third year, but I am a gold refractor fiend and landing this card was awesome. Another card that I got was the 2020 Charlotte Flair gold, Topps Chrome gold uh, refractor PSA 10 variation. I, If you've been following what I've been collecting for a while, Charlotte is part of that PC. I believe she's going to go down as the greatest female performer of all time. She might already, you might already be able to say that, but I like Charlotte's flair stuff, especially if it's got that gold on it. All right, let's close out with this. I put out the community is self-regulating. There's no hobby police. Reputation is our most important asset. It's impossible to put a muzzle on it, on what's already made up in the hearts and minds of others. We call this a movement. Accountability is everything. Accountability above all else. What I want to say here is there's stuff happening on Instagram with content creator with another account talking about content creator and calling this content creator out for what he has said in the past. And I'm not going to get any details here. You can go figure it out. I'm sure you already realize what's going on, but this is what I want to say. I just want to say like, ultimately we should not as a hobby discount accountability. We should always hold each other accountable for what we do and what we say because there are no regulations. I believe the cream will always rise to the top. I believe by being a content creator, we have public record of what we say. And I will, I will say I am no saint. I have said stuff in the past that I regret. And I always try to say, you know what? I, I missed there. And I actually talked to John Newman at Sports Card Nation about this. 
But I think it's how you respond. How you respond is everything. I am a brand builder. I am a guy who works with companies to build reputation, to add value, because I want the people and the companies that I work for to be in a positive light in the hearts and minds of individuals who come and interact with me. What I saw this week was accountability challenged and accountability challenged by, by, uh, by a creator. And I just want to say, we just need to hold each other accountable. And everyone's entitled to say and do what they want. But I think what I saw was an outpouring this week. I saw a, uh, a movement around something and a movement that while an account might have been suspended or whatever, I think what happens on the other side of that and the way people communicate and how they feel about the situation, it's all it's it's your own decision and you can feel how you want. But I just want to call out, I think accountability is damn important in this hobby and we should not put a muzzle on it. Happy freaking collecting. This hobby is an amazing space. We have the opportunity to operate and do what we want. And at the end of the day, buy cards that make us freaking happy. So take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. I'll be back with more Stacking Slabs on Friday. 